so, you know, I've uh, mentioned I'm, you know, away from home and sort of not exactly on vacation because, you know, Dharma teachers, there's no breaks. Uh, but actually, it's, it's all a break for us. Um, no, but, but um, you know, I'm kind of a creature of habit, you know, which maybe I used to be, you know, have a habit of staying loaded all the time. That was my habit. No, now I have a habit of being sober all the time. But um, I, I notice when I travel that it kind of upsets my meditation routine. And, and I, I just thought, you know, it got me thinking about kind of the, the difference, the different uh, values or worth of of kind of spontaneity and sort of sense of freedom versus routine and responsibility and, and kind of how to, how to work with those. Um, because I, I think they're like, I mean, it all really kind of comes under the umbrella of right effort in Buddhism. Like how, how do we keep our, stay on our path you know, and the sort of the idea, not too tight, not too loose. Um, so I'll talk a little bit about my relationship to this. And, you know, each of us has our own. And so, uh, you know, my personal version of this might be different from yours, but, but maybe it'll give you something to reflect on in that regard. You know, my, my father was a really routine person who just like sort of followed the same routine every day almost to uh, the point of it being like a joke. Um, you know, he would get up at a certain time and you would just go through this same routine and like, you know, breakfast the same way. And, you know, he was a lawyer, worked for this big corporation, but he still had to check, had like a time card, which is crazy. But, you know, this is, I guess, back in the proverbial day. And my, one of my brothers saw his time card at one time and said he checked in within like three minutes at the same time every day, you know. But his, his funniest thing was he would come home at, in the evening. He would get home at 520. It took him 20 minutes to get home. And he would come in the house and he would say, I'm going to go upstairs and change my socks. And then he would go upstairs and he would come down and he'd be wearing completely different clothes. He had, did not just change his socks, but it was apparently something that he started saying to my mother, like when they were first married or something, like I'm going to go change my socks. And, and it became a thing. Anyway, that's my father, you know. And of course, as I was becoming a teenager and becoming rebellious and a musician, and, uh, you know, even before I was really getting loaded, I was like, I don't want to be like him. <laughs> I want to be footloose and fancy free. You know, I want to live spontaneously. I don't want to have this boring routine. You know, and, and then as my teenage years went on, you know, I got very spontaneous, you know, I did, uh, like I spontaneously dropped out of high school and <laughs> stayed loaded and, and uh, you know, got into a lot of trouble. And, you know, at one point, 
was like 18 or 19, I was seeing a psychiatrist and he was like, you really need to get more structure in your life. And I was like, screw you. I'm out of here. You know, I don't want to hear about it. And, and really then over the succeeding probably five years, my life really descended into chaos and it was just, there was no discipline and, and um, really uh, just a mess. And, and that, those actually were the days when I came closest to killing myself with drugs and alcohol, you know, when I would have blackouts and, and, um, and mixing things that weren't supposed to be mixed, you know, at all. Um, like I remember waking up one morning with just cuts and bruises all over my body. And I didn't remember leaving the bar that I was sort of working at and getting home. So it looked like I crawled up the hill from the bar, you know, um, so, you know, that was my idea of freedom, right? <laughs> and, but interestingly then, even, I, you know, as I got into my mid-20s, I, I did start to become more routine, you know, in the sense that I would get up, I would roll a joint, I'd smoke a joint, I'd practice my guitar, you know, just kind of like, and, and as I became a working musician, I have a gig six nights a week. And it was just, it became actually very routine. And, and, you know, I sort of, maybe it was starting to dawn on me that the psychiatrist maybe was right, that, you know, that I need, uh, maybe I do need a little structure in my life. You know, and of course, then then I got into meditation, and that fit really well. And it kind of, and and I would at least be sober in the morning when I was meditating. You know, and, and as those who've read my books have some idea that you know I was meditating before I got sober, so it was still this kind of going back and forth. I mean you know, going from like a silent retreat where it's very structured every minute of the day was, you know, ordered along the, with the bells and the meals and the sitting, walking, and then come out of the retreat and go off and, you know, be drinking and using and blacking out again. So it was kind of this seesaw. Um, but eventually, you know, getting sober, I think I did start to really want to gain control of my life. I mean, by then I was in my mid thirties and it was like the idea of chaos and, and just doing whatever you felt like had lost its glamor, you know, and I, I wanted to be grounded. I wanted my life to feel sane. And uh, so you know, and when you come into the 12 step world, you know, there's a lot of suggestions about what you should do. And it, and we know that a lot of it is, it is offered to kind of keep you from relapsing and, and kind of keep your life in order, like go to meetings, call your sponsor, you know, write your inventory, work the steps, do some service, you know, like suit up and show up and all this stuff that's very much about being a responsible citizen. And that's, I think for many of us, that's a really important thing to learn. Uh, and, and, 
you know, it just seems, and it's a really good idea. Um, but that can also start to kind of run out of steam because we start to realize like this isn't the whole of life or, you know, that, that works for a while, but then you find yourself in a rut, you know, you go from routine into rut and it's like, Oh, because right, everything is impermanent. So you, you know, it'd be great if you could say, well, this is the way I should just live my life for the rest of my life. Just do these things every day. And then it'll great. I don't have to worry. Right. But we know like circumstances change. We, we change internally and, you know, that, prayer or that group or that practice doesn't resonate anymore after so many times of doing it and things change externally our relationships where we're living our work all and we have to adjust right we and and if we if we don't there's another kind of risk involved and and we you know, get into this sort of dead end way of living that, that can be really uh, unproductive and unhealthy. Even this thing that seemed healthy to begin with, it's kind of like fundamentalism or, or kind of living by some sort of fundamentalist rules. Oh, this is the way I should always be. So this is what creates the, the challenge, right? And why it kind of relates to right effort. It's like, there isn't one answer for all the time. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice, right? But no, life keeps changing. And then, so, so there's this way in which I think we have to learn to move between the creative and the spontaneous and the structured and routine and and what's you know what's serving us not to not to kind of depend on like that one answer is that you know this this goes to one of the things that i often talk about which is the what can happen particularly in you know in the 12 and 12 step work or other recovery work where in the beginning of your recoveries say the first even couple of years, you know, you're just doing it one way and it's great and it's working. And then it stops working, you know, like, wow, all of a sudden you're hearing the Lord's prayer or something, you know, and you're like, wait, <laughs> that doesn't work for me. That doesn't make sense for me. Or, or this sponsor was really helpful for a while, but now they're kind of, I'm starting to feel like they're trying to run my life, you know, and, and you just start to see like, well, this isn't quite working for me anymore. Or those people that I go to meetings with that I've been going to meetings with for five years, they just say the same thing at every meeting. I, I, I think I need to go to another meeting or something else. You know? And of course this is, you know, where I, where I think a lot of people do turn and say, oh, I'd like to check out Buddhism or, you know, get more into meditation. And, and you know, that becomes another like, oh, I'm going to open up, all right? I'm going to look for some something to refresh my practice, my program. Um, so this is, you know, uh, the challenge, right? And, it, and it, uh, it, it fits into this idea of right effort that's always like that there's a flexing that has to happen.
So I think you know part of our process as we evolve spiritually or and if we however we characterize that evolution that personal evolution is this you know wise response to the circumstances we're in do i need to apply more you know structure right now or do i need to open up and look for something that's going to breathe more life into things now one of the ways this this shows up for me that I'm very aware of, and I've been particularly aware of lately, is just in my meditation practice itself. That, and and those of you who've sat with me a lot know that I, I you know, sometimes I talk about like that, that just showing up and just sitting and putting in the time, to me is kind of the key thing. Just just show up, like no matter what happens when you're sitting there. It's okay, you know, and, and, and I think that in the long run, that's true. But I also find, and this is something I've been kind of seeing in myself lately, is that I can get into this rote version of my practice, where, again, the kind of the spontaneity is gone. I'm just doing the routine. I'm just going through the motions. I sit down, I close my eyes. I sit, you know, there's a certain place in my house where I sit, right? Okay, I always sit here. When I sit down here, I'm meditating. This counts as meditation, even though I'm not, I'm not actually doing anything mentally, right? And I find, whoa, like, I'm kind of stuck here. And then, then I realize I need to just turn up the effort right? This is another aspect of this. Sometimes it's not that the routine needs to change. It's that the engagement with the routine needs to change. It's that I'm, that I am, you know, it's sort of like, I thought that faking it till I make it was enough, but after a while, I have to stop faking it. You know, I've got to really do it. I've got to really engage. And so I'll find, I've just lately, I've just been like, okay. And, and this is very simple just go in closer to your breath, <laughs> you know, just, or let's count the breaths for a while. Let's do something really that like demands of you that you be paying attention. And that if you're not paying attention, you're acknowledging that, that you're knowing, because I can sit down and go, Hey, I'm meditating and not be meditating and still think that I'm meditating, you know, cause I'm not really holding myself accountable. So it's that just that effort and then intention, right? Always these, you know, it's so interesting to me to, when we talk about practice, that it comes back to these fundamentals of the Eightfold Path. You know, have, have, do I have the intention to really be present? Am I setting, do I have that intention in this moment? I might like generally have it like, oh yeah, I really want to be more present in my life. Yeah, definitely. But that doesn't really mean anything to just think it, you know, am I doing it in the moment? Am I setting? And then with that intention, am I making the effort to, to go to my breath, to keep coming, to, to go in there and do it? You know, and, and, and again, the balance with, with right effort is that then you can, the, the 
you know, the imbalance that happens when you go, oh, I need to make more effort is that all of a sudden you find yourself like grinding on it. Oh, I'm going to really, I'm going to, what's wrong? Why can't I, you know, and I'm fighting with myself all of a sudden. It's like, whoa, whoa, that's not helpful. <laughs> you know, let's step back. So always this dance, right? Always this dance between that effort and letting go. But to come back a little bit to this, this contrast, this broader contrast between the, the sort of spontaneity and freedom and the, and the routine, that the, the risk of freedom uh, or just that, that kind of, I'm just going to live, you know, my, my uh, unstructured lifestyle is that you lose direction that you don't ha- you're not really moving in any direction. You're, you know, you're not building anything. You're just kind of jumping from one thing to the next. You know, Jack Cornfield talks about this in his book, a path with heart. He calls a chapter or it's a section called take the one seat. And he talks about people who are like the, in the spiritual supermarket, you know, they try this meditation and that guru and, you know, they go to, you know, that Sufi dancing and that, no, now I'm going to become a yoga teacher. And no, I really want to go on a meditation, you know, and never really settling with one thing. And it's kind of like, you know, dancing around different partners in your relationships. Like, you know, you never really get to the deep stuff. So that, you know, if we keep that, if we're so spontaneous and just always just, oh, yeah, I'm just a free spirit, you know, yeah, okay. (laughs) Is that really freedom? So there's this kind of lack of discipline, lack of structure, lack of direction. And it it can become, as as it was for me in my 20s, really chaotic when you're, and, you know, hopefully if you're clean and sober, you know, the, it doesn't descend into that. But that's kind of the, you know, the extreme version of that. Whereas with the risk of the you know, structured routine life is, as I said, that becomes very rote and it kind of loses its energy. There's no like, spirit to it anymore. And that it, it's not responding. It's not a responsive thing. It's just like, this is what I do no matter what. And you're not really responding to your own needs or you're changing life. You're changing your uh, situation. It becomes this kind of closed system that's, that's not uh, really operating. In, in fact, it's kind of unrealistic. It's, it's, it's a, a delusional idea that, oh, if it's, I'll just hold this like this. Uh, so this really one of the dances, both of meditation practice and more broadly of spiritual practice and, and recovery. Uh, you know, the, the, when people relapse, I think it so often comes out of them having been stuck in a particular model of recovery that stopped working for them, but they didn't have another model or very often there's fear. There's a fear of changing your approach to recovery because you think, oh, well, if I stop doing this, then I'm going to relapse. 
you know, well, if I, if I start, you know, if I go to fewer meetings and start going to Buddhist groups instead of all those meetings, what if I relapse? And so, you know, I'll just keep going to these meetings because that's safe. And then, uh, you know, if it's not working, then there can be this real, like, just drift off, you know. Um, yeah, so, so, so I was thinking about, you know, that, I mean, one of the, one of the risks of, of trying to use my own experience for teaching is that I realized there's a lot of people who, whereas I get, it's easy for me to get into a routine. There's a lot of people who really have a hard time establishing particularly a meditation routine. And, and here, you know, in terms of the context of what I'm talking about is where I think you have to up your intention and up your effort and, and really be honest with yourself. Do I really want this? And, and am I willing to do what it takes to do this, to, to have this? Um, now, I, just my simple and maybe simplistic, you know, suggestion to people is schedule it into your day. <laughs> and, and I guess that implies, it does imply that you have a day, that is that you have some structure already in your day that you have a schedule. And, you know, I think most of the time people do, you know, if you have to go to work or you've got responsibilities, like is every day, if every day is not, um, not the same at all, then, then it becomes really hard. And so, you know, my view is like having a routine this was like really valuable foundation. And then we have to keep checking it. You know, checking whether it's working. Is this, is this right now? Am I, you know, am I fault? Is this becoming rote? Is this still alive? And then to bring in our creative imagination. Oh, what would bring this more alive? I think of the, I, I think this describes in a lot of ways uh, the work of, an, of artists, you know, of the productive artists who, you know, have to show up and have the discipline to show up with at the blank page or the blank canvas and, you know, and show up whether there's energy there or not, but then when the, then they need to cultivate this imagination. It's, it's uh, yeah, this, this tremendous balance. And, and in a way, I mean, I think that ultimately when we settle into this rather because I feel like I'm sort of characterizing it as a struggle, but I think that it's, it's actually um, a really rich way to live, to have this balance between your routine and freedom, be between structure and creativity or imagination and 
and rote behavior because it kind of it it creates i think a, a more of a whole or holistic experience where if if we are go to one extreme or the other which right we need that middle good old middle way but if we go to one extreme or the other we find ourselves kind of untethered something is missing you know if it's just the chaos of freedom and and every day is totally different and you don't have any plans you know you're just kind of untethered from uh, any kind of groundedness but if you're you know just the same trot trot you know the same thing every day then you're kind of untethered from the from the joy and 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 really as i say kind of kind of in an, in another kind of delusion i think they're both forms of delusion that the one delusion is oh if i can just live completely free i i need no bounds no boundaries you know that's a delusion but it's also a delusion to say oh i'm going to have it all together you know which which i think is a a very common delusion too which looks less delusional <laughs> at first you know because it is like oh that person's so serious and and responsible but you know it, when we look more deeply we see that they're actually trying to control the uncontrollable they're try, actually trying to to um, you know keep things from changing which is you know a failed project for sure Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's what I have to start us with tonight. Um, just first the the most basic gratitude right now is that we have this way of being together without this technology. We would all be completely isolated. And so we are fortunate to be able to connect in this way, however imperfect it might be. We are all the beneficiaries of those who have come before us in our recovery and in our meditation practice. A profound gratitude to the Buddha and his followers who have kept these teachings alive for some 2,600 years. Gratitude to the founders of AA and all the recovery programs. And gratitude to our own courage, our own willingness to take the steps to show up, to let go of the powerful forces of addiction and to transform our lives. And then I offer my own gratitude to Spirit Rock and all the support that they bring to us that to welcome us each month. In this 
dharma and recovery. So may all beings be free from the suffering of addiction. May all beings find freedom, joy, and healing. One more bell. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.